Good morning. morning. Welcome to each one of you. Good to see all of you here this morning. This is a special day, a special morning for our church. We are receiving new new, uh, members into our congregation, so uh, that also brings uh, guests with it. So any guests that are here this morning, thank you for being here and just hope that you... uh, Uh, are made to feel welcome among us this morning. Look forward to a good morning. Jesus ascended into heaven 40 days after his resurrection. And after his ascension, his disciples returned to Jerusalem and gathered in an upper room to be together and to pray. The account of that is found in Acts chapter 1, Verses 12 to 14, and I'd like to read that right now. Acts 1, 12 to 14. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So this group included not only the disciples, it included some women, included Mary, the mother of Jesus, and also Jesus' brothers. And it says that they joined together constantly in prayer. And the next verse, verse 15, tells us that this group grew to about 120 people. And then 10 days after Jesus' resurrection, while this group was together, God fulfilled his promise and on the day of Pentecost sent the Holy Spirit. So I'd like to read that in Acts chapter 2, The first four verses. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And in the days that followed this miraculous event, the apostles continued to minister in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have sent the Holy Spirit to live within us to be our helper and guide. Thank you for this day of Pentecost, Lord, where we take time to remember when you sent the Holy Spirit after Jesus' resurrection or after Jesus' ascension. Thank you also, Lord, that we can take part in communion this morning and as we remember the sacrifice of your son Jesus on the cross and all that he did for us. And then, Lord, this is also a special day in the life of our church as we welcome new members into our congregation. So may all that is said and done this morning be to your honor and glory. Amen. Ask the ladies to come up and lead us in singing. Good morning. Please join us, stand with us, and we'll sing number 530. If you need your bullet or your hymn book, number 530, Praise Him, Praise Him.
You may be seated. And the next song we'll sing is in your bulletins. What love, my God. of announcements, first of all, that are not in the bulletin. At our last membership meeting, it was decided that we would set up tables at the back of the sanctuary and allow uh, uh, or encourage a time of, of uh, having coffee and fellowship together uh, for those that aren't going to Sunday school. So as you came into the sanctuary this morning, you may have seen the table set up at the back. So this is the first morning we're going to try it. So again, for those that aren't going to Sunday school, if we'd encourage you to, to uh, take advantage of that and enjoy a time of fellowship there. Um, one other announcement. Um, 
And I think you're actually doing pretty good at it this morning already. Um, I was asked to encourage you when you come into the sanctuary to uh, try to come a little closer to the front. And that would leave um, some empty spots near the back. Uh, the reason behind this is just to leave some room for guests who come. Um, if any of you have ever visited, visited a church, chances are you didn't seek out the front benches when you went. You were probably looking for something a little closer to the back. So that's the idea here is if we would all think of coming a little closer to the front, that leaves some room in the back for guests. And having said that, guests are also most welcome to be in front here too. It's not that we want them at the back, but this just leaves some room for them when they come. So don't misunderstand that. Okay, so we'll just highlight a few of the announcements in the bulletin. I won't go through all of them. It's, it's, we have a full morning this morning. Uh, our missionaries of the week are Don and Char Epp. And Don and Char actually arrived back about a week ago. And so they plan to be here or expect to be here until September. And we also are hoping that we can get them up here on a Sunday morning this summer. So uh, they are back. Let's remember them. On the next page, top of page three, we have persons with health needs and boundary trails. We have Abe A. Friesen, Caroline Ham, and Dave Weeb. In Swan Lake Hospital, we have Mary Duick and John Suderman. And Rita Friesen is at the Red River Valley Lodge in Morris. And we have some expressions of sympathy, and I'd like to read those. Henry R. Enns passed away on Saturday, May the 20th. His funeral will be held on Tuesday, and it's at Friends Funeral Service in Winnipeg. He was a brother to George and Margaret Enns, Meg Suderman, and Lydia Zacharias. And Mildred Hildebrand passed away also on Saturday, May 20th. Her funeral was held on Friday, and she was a sister-in-law to Viola Suderman, Alvin and Doreen Hildebrand, and Irene Brown. And then John H. Dick of Taborholm also passed away on May 20th. His funeral will be held on Tuesday here in our church, Tuesday morning here in our church. A little further down, just a note that Pastor Victor and Irene are serving at Eden and Salem this morning. And then uh, also we have a new custodian on staff. So we're pleased to announce that John Dick has joined our custodial team. He began his work on Tuesday, so if you see John anywhere, make sure to greet him and welcome him, and uh, we look forward to having him here. Ushers, if you're ready, you could come forward. I'm just going to point out the insert in the bulletin. I'm sure you've all seen it already with the pictures of those who are uh, joining our church this morning and uh, their testimonies. So uh, just please, please read through that. And then... Um, after the service, uh, we're going to ask uh, those who, uh, new members who have been received into our congregation, if you would form a line, maybe right over here in the front of the sanctuary, and we're going to allow a time for you to come and greet them. So if you would want to come down that aisle there and come this way, then uh, we will have a time to, to greet you and, and bring you encouragement. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are God and that there is no other. We thank you again for Jesus, that he was willing to bear the burden of our sins and die a cruel death on the cross in our place. Lord, help us to be, to be mindful of that as we take part in communion this morning. And then, Lord, we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit, whose coming we remember on this day of Pentecost. We thank you, Lord, for those who will be transferring their membership into our church this morning. God, we ask that you would fill them with your peace as they give their testimonies, we ask your blessing on them and your continued guidance for them as they become part of our congregation.
We thank you that Don and Char and their son Zane have returned safely from the Philippines. And Father, we pray for your guiding hand upon them as they spend the summer here in Canada. We pray your blessing on the Yagta Church and wisdom and guidance for those who are taking on leadership roles in the church there. Father, we thank you that our high schools are able to run Christian programs. And we pray for your leading, for the teachers and students who lead and attend the Lighthouse Program at Northlands Parkway Collegiate. We pray, Father, for those who are dealing with health needs. May each one have a sense of your presence and be encouraged by that. And Lord, we ask that you would grant healing according to your will. We pray this for Abe Friesen, Caroline Ham, Dave Weeb, Mary Duick, John Suderman, and Rita Friesen. And Father, we also pray this for those who are at home and also dealing with health needs, and we know that there are a number of those. God, we ask for your comfort and strength for the family of Mildred Hillebrand after her passing, and then also for the families of Henry Enns and John Dick as they prepare for funerals on Tuesday. Lord, you know their needs, and we thank you that you will meet those needs. Father, we also thank you that John Dick has come on as custodian, and we ask your blessing on him as he serves our church. We ask that you would be with Pastor Victor and Irene Cron as they serve at Eden and Salem this morning, and that you would be with Pastor Dean as he serves here this morning. Now, Lord, as we give our offering, we thank you for material blessings, and we pray that our gifts would be used to further your work. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lori, for that beautiful um, offertory that you gave. Um, it blesses our hearts as we listen and we are encouraged. Thank you very much for that musical piece. Today is an exciting day where we invite and where five individuals are going to be joining us in membership. And we're excited that God has called them into our church 
and we want to uphold them. We want to pray for them. Um, they're going to be coming and sharing their testimonies, and I'm going to call them in order that they are in the bulletin. We're going to first of all have Anne-Marie. She will come and give her testimony, followed by the rest. As each one gives their testimony, they'll remain on stage here. Just stand to my right, and then we will take the membership vows. Hello, I am Anne-Marie Friesen. I grew up on a farm near Lena in uh, a Christian home. After high school, I took nurses training in Winnipeg. Then I nursed in Brandon, St. Catharines, Ontario, and finally in Morden until retirement. I accepted Christ as my Savior and Lord when I was an MCI in Gretna. I was baptized upon confession of my faith on May 29, 1966 at Lena Mennonite Church. At that time, I was given the verse, Isaiah 41.10, which says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. This verse has been very special. Fear and discouragement certainly have come, and God has been faithful. When I falter in my Christian life, he helps me back through prayer and Bible study. The importance of Bible study and prayer has increased for me in the past decade as moral values are deteriorating at a rapid rate. I need to know why and what I believe. I have attended Winkler Bertoller Church for several years now. The Bible-based sermons are encouraging and convicting, both of which I need to keep on track. I have also found the people have been friendly and inviting, and I'm looking forward to being a member here. Good morning, everyone. I'm uh, Max Friesen, and I believe most of you people would, would know me by now. And uh, you can follow if you want in your, in your program about the wording that we have, but I uh, sort of did my own little uh, portion of my testimony. so. I'll have it maybe a little different than what it, what's printed up, uh, Pastor Dean. Okay, can you hear me? Okay, my birthplace was Steinbeck. I was born, raised, and received my education there as well. My wife Esther and I <coughs> were married in Steinbeck, and almost immediately, a few months after, I was transferred to the uh, Winnipeg dealership and Esther was also placed to the Royal Bank in Winnipeg on Pemina Highway. Prior to our marriage, while still living in Steinbeck, I was baptized in June of 1962. Then in Winnipeg, we attended Bethel Mennonite Church and had our membership transferred from Steinbeck to Winnipeg, where Pastor Greening was our pastor at that time. In uh, 1967, my friend Wilf Warkington and I purchased the Chrysler dealership in uh, Morden. Our place of worship became Morden Bertoller Church. Our membership once more got transferred from, from Bethel uh, to Morden. And there we owned the Chrysler dealership for 40 years, which we sold in 2007. Now into the years of retirement had arrived. And a verse that I have highlighted in my Bible and would want to share with you is found in the book of Hebrews as well. Hebrews 10, 25, where it says, let us not give up meeting together as some are doing in, or some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. It's a meaningful verse for me, especially over the past number of years where we've had a little bit of a struggle in our other congregation. So today I ask this congregation to accept me as a member to this body of believers. Hi, my name is Mary Reimer. <coughs> I grew up on a farm south of Morden and later moved to Morden. I was fortunate to grow up in a Christian home 
and at a young age accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Sunday school, church, youth group, and choir has been part of my life. I was baptized at age 19 on the confession of my faith. My work life has always been in the medical field. I completed my career as an RN at the Boundary Trails Health, Boundary Trails Health Center Dialysis Unit. I have enjoyed attending this church over the past few years. <laughs> and I found the church to be Bible-based and having grown in my spiritually through the sermons presented here and through the music and singing. I am fortunate to have a Bible study group in my neighborhood where I live. I will continue to support this church in prayer and financially as I am able. Thank you for considering my membership, application for membership, thank you. It's both an honor and a privilege to be here this morning to hear the singing and to hear my daughter sing behind me. Cheryl and her husband are here along with our great-grandson, Jack, and uh, it's so good. I'm glad Marge is with me. She's not going to speak. She's not used to it. Neither am I. But uh, when I wrote up our first story and uh, she read it, and I'm glad I had a proofreader because she said that sounds more like an obituary. <laughs> and I was hoping I wasn't quite ready for that yet. So I'll read what, I've, what I shortened it down to. In the interest of time and other considerations, Pastor De Dean agreed with us that we could share our testimony as one. Since Marge and I have shared some 63 years together, that's more than three times the length of time that we've been alone. In preparing this testimony, it became quite evident to both of us that we, as we looked back, we could readily see the hand of God at work in so many of the things that happened as we traveled the road of life. Some may define these things as coincidence or luck, but I prefer to see them as God's plan in our life. We met in Rhineland in a community choir that was part of the Jugendverein. Some of you will remember that because you were part of it. That sang at monthly Sunday night programs. We both were privileged to grow up in a Christian home where God was central. In our teenage years, we were convicted of our sin and our need of Jesus Christ as our Savior. We made the decision to follow him. In 1959, both of us took part in catechism classes and were baptized upon confession of our faith in Jesus Christ. Marge in the Zummerfeld Church in Rhineland, I in the Burkdeller Church here in Winker. We both uh, we uh, got <clears throat> pardon me. <clears throat> we got married in the Burkdeller Church <clears throat> here in Winker. <clears throat> um, we got married in the Burkhalter Church in Winkler on August the 6th, 1960. Marge transferred her membership from the Zummerfelder Church to the Winkler Burkhalter Church. The future lay ahead of us, and what it would be like only God knew. Wherever we moved, I taught at different schools, there was always a church we got involved in. In Rose Farm, it was the EMMC Church. In Blumenfeld, we were part of the start of the Bethel Burkteller Church. In Snowflake, it was the Crystal City Mennonite Church, and in Winkler, the Winkler Burkteller, the Bethel Burkteller, and Maranatha. After teaching for 36 years, I retired and we started spending part of the, our winters in South Texas. We got involved with Harvest Field Ministries, building homes for the poorest of the poor in Mexico. Marge did a lot of baking and food preparation for several Christ, uh, children's homes in Matamoros and in Reynosa. We did this for some 10 years before the drug cartels prevented us from going into Mexico again. In 2010, we were privileged to serve in a private Christian school near Paris, Texas under MCC. Both Marge and I worked in a school. She never thought she'd have to teach, but she did. I, as principal and teacher, and Marge, Marge as librarian. She had a lot of those kids sitting on her lap while she read to them. 
And most of them, no, I should say all of them were, uh, you know, Mexican Mennonites that came from Mexico and worked in the trailer factories. That year was one that we will never forget. Today we have a lot behind us and much less ahead of us. But one truth remains. We are still in God's hands and part of his plan for us. Why did we choose the Berktaler Church? We have come full circle from where we started in 1960. We love the singing, oh, this morning just so beautiful. The powerful preaching from both Dean and Vic and adhering to the truth of God's word. And of course, there's the warm welcome and fellowship we have experienced. We thank you and God bless you. Our favorite scriptures, passages, or a few of them, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And this next one came to us during COVID. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. One of my favorite songs is one that I sung with the quartet for a long time. I'll read just one verse and the chorus. I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. Sometimes I didn't know right from wrong. But in those lonely hours, yes, those precious lonely hours, Jesus let me know that I was his own. Through it all, through it all. I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon his word. God bless you all. Thank you. It is indeed a wonderful day today. And as I listen to the testimonies with the rest of the people here, our hearts are all blessed because we know that you folks love the Lord. You have already indicated in your testimony that you have made a decision to ask Christ into your life by believing, repenting, and turning from your sin. Therefore, we ask you to answer the following questions as the Winkler Berktaller Mennonite Church receives you into membership. The first question is, <clears throat> in clear conscience, do you agree and will you abide by the Constitution, doctrine, and belief of the Winkler Berktaller Mennonite Church? If so, answer, I do. I do. I do. Will you diligently seek to hear God's calling for your life? Will you remain faithful to the church and attend church faithfully and pray faithfully for the church as she seeks to do the will of God? If so, answer, I will. Will you seek to know your spiritual gifts and talents and be willing to support this church with your time, talents, gifts, and finances? If so, answer, I will. The last question is directed to the Winkler-Berktaller Mennonite Church congregation. As a congregation, will you support these candidates in your prayer, encouragement, and fellowship? If so, answer, we will with the strength of God. As lead pastor of the Winkler-Berktaller Mennonite Church, which belongs to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And on behalf of myself and this congregation, we now receive you joyfully into the church's membership. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful time of receiving these five candidates into the membership here at the church. We thank you for their lives. We thank you for the pledge that they have made to you. And Lord, they are, want to continue to serve you with all their hearts. I pray, Lord, that they will be able to find their place of ministry in this church, for you have something for them alone. I pray, Lord, that you would give them strength, that you would walk with them, and they would walk with you hand in hand. 
And I pray, Father, that as they come across trials and hardships and difficulties, that they will always be looking to you for their strength. And may we as the rest of the congregation be encouraging them, praying for them, and lifting them up before you. Once again, Lord, we thank you for um, being able to receive them into our congregation. And we give you the praise and glory. Amen. And just one announcement that has been made already. Immediately following the service, we will have a receiving line at the front of the church for our new members. And as um, was said, you may line up on the side and come down that aisle and um, shake their hands. They will be up at the front right after the service this morning. Welcome to the fellowship. Next song we want to sing is Spirit Song. It's also in your bulletin. And let's sing it as a blessing for the new members who just joined us, but also for all of us who have been here for a while. And yeah, let's just sing it as a blessing. Spirit Song. Today's scripture reading is from John 16, verses 5 to 15. Now, I am going to him who sent me, yet none of you asks me, where are you going? Because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, 
I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. In regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness, because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. Thank you, Ladies Quartet, for coming and sharing with us and song and leading us. Uh, we're always encouraged as you sing and bless us. And thank you, Eileen, for reading the scripture for us this morning. Today is Pentecost Sunday. <clears throat> Pentecost is derived from the Greek word Pentecost, a festival celebrated 50 days after the Passover. The Passover was a Jewish festival celebrating God redeeming and delivering Israel from the oppressive hand of the Egyptians. In the Old Testament, Pentecost took place seven weeks after the Passover. The New Test in the New Testament, Pentecost is, the, is first mentioned in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. As many theologians recognize this as the birth of the church, this was in perfect timing as the Jews were gathering in Jerusalem for the grand celebration that God poured out his spirit. The Holy Spirit empowered the followers of Jesus to proclaim to every person that they could receive forgiveness of sins and their lives could be changed around. In Acts chapter 2, we learn that the 3,000 believers Pardon me, we learn that 3,000 believed and were baptized after Peter preached the message of repentance. That is why Pentecost Sunday is celebrated by many churches throughout the history with the people being baptized. In case you didn't know, this day is also known as White Sunday because in many churches, those baptized were are dressed in garments of white. We are not baptizing anybody today, but five people have joined our church. They have transferred their memberships into ours, and we accept them with welcome arms, and we are glad that you are part of our church. And this morning, we celebrate Pentecost. We want to look at what Jesus promised his disciples. He told them that when he would leave them, he would send the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit would minister to them and guide them in all truth. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pause before you to give you thanks for this day. Lord, we're having a wonderful celebration as we are worshiping you. Lord, as new people have joined the church, I pray that you would empower them and encourage them that they would be able to walk before you with holy lives and pure before you. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you would go with us as we learn more about the Holy Spirit through the scripture that has been read. We pray, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts, and we ask this all in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. I've entitled this message this morning, The Ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Ministry of the Holy Spirit. Well, first of all, we find out the ministry of the Holy Spirit is foundational on Jesus' leaving. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is foundational on Jesus' leaving. 
As I read, as already was read, verses 5 through 7, I want you to pay close attention to verse 5. Let me read three of these verses one more time, verses 5 to 7, looking at verse 5 specifically. Now I'm going to him who sent me, yet none of you asked me, where are you going? Because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus, for the first time, had been saying, or pardon me, Jesus, from, for some time, had been saying to disciples that he would going to be leaving them. He often prophesied about his crucifixion, that he would die. And many times they did not hear him or understand him. In, in John chapter 13, verses 36 through 37, now that's three chapters back. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, where I'm going, you cannot follow me. You cannot follow now, but you will follow later. And Peter asked, why can't I follow you? I will lay down my life for you. Then in John chapter 14, verse 5, Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. So how can we know the way? Now, these last two portions of scriptures um, that I read may sound like they're contradicting what Jesus says in, in John chapter 16, verse 5, because the disciples did ask Jesus where he was going. And now Jesus is saying in, in chapter 16, verse 5, you haven't asked me. Now, it may seem like Jesus is saying here that none of them have asked him where he is going, but what he is saying is that at this moment, with all, that has been say, with all that's been saying, that none of them were asking him what was going on or where he was going. So if there was a time for them to ask questions, it would be now. It would be now if they were going to ask. However, there is a reason why they were not asking any questions, and that is because they were filled with grief. According to verse 6, they were filled with grief. The disciples' hearts are still filled with selfishness and look forward to the earthly kingdom. If Jesus left them, their dreams would not be fulfilled. They would be dashed because they were anticipating setting up the kingdom here. Now the question is why is it so important that Jesus would leave and the Holy Spirit to come? There are two reasons for this. First, Jesus had to fulfill his mission to die for the world's sins. He had not died. If he had not died and risen again, there would be no salvation. Jesus paid the penalty. God does not forgive us simply because he loves us. He doesn't forgive us simply because he loves us. He forgives us because his son paid the price. Somebody had to pay the price, and God did that for us. God loved us so much that he punished the spotless lamb of God, who is Jesus Christ, and he carried our sins. Not only did he carry them, he took them away from us. So we can see for the, for the Holy Spirit to come, it was foundational that Christ had to leave the disciples through his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. This would allow the Holy Spirit to work in the hearts of everyone. Think about that. Jesus was confined to a body while he was here. The Holy Spirit could be everywhere at once, and he could speak to our hearts all at the same time. Now, the ministry that Jesus had began to explode and mushroom as many people, lives would be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit and the preaching of the gospel. Now we come to the second step of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Number two brings conviction of sin, righteousness, 
and judgment, the ministry of the Holy Spirit brings conviction of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Verse 8 says this, When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. In regard to sin, because, the men, because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. In these verses, we learn the Holy Spirit will bring conviction concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. So what does it mean to bring conviction? In a judicial sense, it means to bring down an adverse verdict upon a person whether they admit to it or not. In a religious context, it means bringing a person to know and understand they are guilty. So let's look at the three roles of the Holy Spirit. The first role of the Holy Spirit is to convict the world of sin. The world views sin from a different perspective than God views sin, from a different vantage point. Nobody wants to admit sin. We may admit to a shortcoming or failure or hide behind the argument that we are a victim or we had no choice in the evil that we had done. We can even claim temporary insanity to a crime to get off the hook. However, no matter how we cut the pie, sin is always against God. Romans 1.18 tells us this, The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. May man may argue that he is innocent, but everything is exposed when one comes under the powerful light of the Holy Spirit. That is what the Holy Spirit does. He reveals and convicts the world of sin. However, the greatest sin of all, according to verse 9, if you would look at that, is not believing in Christ. If anyone refuses to come to Jesus on his terms, they can never have any forgiveness. That is like a person who is allergic to bee stings and yet stung. That person will die unless they take the medicine. And if they reject it, that's how they die. The second role of the Holy Spirit is that he convicts the world of righteousness. To understand this, we have to read the rest of the verse of verse 10, which says, because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. In just a little while, the Jews would be putting Christ on the cross while saying they are doing the correct things and that they are honoring God because that's why they crucified Jesus. They really believed they were honoring God. Their righteousness was the exact opposite of God's righteousness. That's precisely what Paul did before he became a Christian. He ran around putting Christians to death, and he believed he was doing God's will, if you could imagine that. So he ran around doing that. The Holy Spirit's role is to convict the world of righteousness and to show that what they think is right is incorrect. So man has all an idea of what righteousness is. And when you ask people about before they're Christians and you ask them about how their lives would measure up as they stand before God, they say they're all right. They think they are all right. And yet, if we look at the righteousness of God, we quickly all learn that we fall short. The third role of the Holy Spirit is that he convicts the world of judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. The prince of this world now stands condemned. When Jesus was pronounced guilty and sentenced to death, Satan was the one who was really being condemned. 
It was Satan who was being condemned. When Jesus died and rose again, he took the keys of death from Satan. Without Christ's death, all people were condemned to everlasting death, a spiritual death which is separation from God. But now Satan was the one who would be and stand condemned. It is only a matter of time before he is thrown into the lake of fire. Just as Satan thought he had won the victory when he put Christ or, or when he put Christ to the death because his hand was in it, it was the beginning of the end for him. It was the beginning of the end for him. A friend of mine purchased a farm from an elderly couple. He said that the lady had an immaculate garden. When they looked at it, there was hardly a weed in it. It was just so clean. When they bought the farm, they took over. He said, my wife planted a garden, and just every once in a while, they had to toss out a weed. That was it. Then they decided they wanted to improve the garden, and he hauled in a bunch of manure. He said that was the biggest mistake because now the garden was full of weeds and they couldn't get rid of the weeds. There's times when we think we are doing something that is good when it is not. And there are times when we think our righteousness is righteous when in fact it's not when we compare ourselves to God. If we compare ourselves to one another, we will always feel good. If we compare ourselves to God, we will always find ourselves short. Just as Satan thought he had defeated Christ by putting him on the cross, he himself was defeated. So far we have learned the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Number one is foundational on Jesus leaving. Second, the ministry of the Holy Spirit brings conviction of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And third, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, number three, brings guidance to believers and glory to Christ. The ministry of the Holy Spirit brings guidance to believers and glory to Jesus Christ, verses 12 through 15. Let me read those three verses for you, four verses for you once again. I have much to say to you, more than you can bear, or not, pardon me, more now than you can bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said that the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. According to verse 12, Jesus had much more to say to his disciples, but they could not bear it at this time. In the first four verses of this chapter, which we did not read, the part we did not read, Jesus told, told how much they would suffer, how much the disciples would suffer for him, and even be put to death on Jesus' account. This was a real shock for, the follower, for, the fo for his followers because they understood that they would be bringing in the kingdom. They were waiting for the kingdom to arrive. That is because their hearts were still so selfish and carnal, and they had not been listening closely to all what Jesus had been telling them. However, the good news was that the Holy Spirit would guide them into all truth. When Jesus would leave, the Holy leave, the Holy Spirit would guide them into all truth. The phrase guiding us in truth is not that God will pick the perfect mate for you or the ideal vocation, but instead you will have a complete understanding of how God has revealed himself to you. Also coupled with this, the Holy Spirit would not speak on his own, but only that which was given to him. In the same way, Jesus did, er, 
pardon me, in the same way, Jesus never did anything on his own, but was always obedient to the Father. He was always conversing with his Father. While Jesus was on the earth, he always brought glory to his Father. In the same way, the Holy Spirit would always bring glory to Christ. Once again, the Spirit will not speak on his own initiative, but only reveal what Jesus had said. We learned something essential about the Trinity and the Godhead. There is submissiveness to one another and complete unity in the three in one. Each one brings glory to the other. The promise here is that the Holy Spirit will guide us as we walk with him. We will know the truth because he will guide us in all truth. I close with this illustration. The Global Positioning System, GPS, is a satellite-based navigation system made up of a net, made up of a network of 24 satellites placed in orbit by the U.S. Department of De Defense. GPS was originally intended for military application, but in the 1980s, the government made the system available for civilian use. GPS works in any weather condition, anywhere in the world, 24 hours a day. There are no subscriptions, fees, setup, or charges. In the same way, the Holy Spirit guides every believer who walks in light of the scripture. He is available 24 hours a day, around the clock. He is always with every believer. He is always speaking to every believer. If our heart is sensitive to the Lord, we will know if we take a wrong turn because the Holy Spirit will prompt our conscience. If we feel guilty because we have said something, done something, or looked at something we shouldn't have been looking at, the Holy Spirit will tell us it's time to change course. He is there to guide us into all truth. And as we listen to him, that is the promise the Father has given us, that if we listen and walk with him, he will guide us into all truth. Let us stand for the benediction. May God himself, the, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The only one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the day of fellowship a day of receiving new members into the fellowship. We thank you for a day that we can celebrate your death, but not only your death, your resurrection. And because you live, we also will live. I pray now, Father, as we go into the rest of the day, may you guide, may you direct us, and may our hearts be sensitive to your voice that when you speak, we'll be obedient. Go with us now. For this we pray in Christ's name, amen.